I'm harder than I need to be. Harder than you need to be? Yeah. You don't need to be hard. Yeah. At all. Enjoy that you don't need to harden for any reason, in any circumstance, at any time, with anyone. It is an absolute that you don't need to harden. It's pretty big. It covers everything. I know it, but something very deep doesn't believe it. And something very, very deep thinks it won't survive. A belief. Any belief system, any core belief threatened will engage your hardening. Without your beliefs, you have no subconscious reason to harden. Without your beliefs, there is no impetus in your conscious mind to harden. When you do harden, it doesn't matter. Have no reasoning around it. No looking to understand it, no asking why, and no stories around it. Were you hardened? That's fine. Soften. Were you hardened? If your response to hardening isn't softening, then your movement within is purchasing more time for the hardness. It's just like one piece that just holds on and won't let go. It isn't going to let go. That's the nature of form. Once you put it together, and you give it emotion, it holds. It doesn't go away on its own. You need to be in it. And when it comes up, you are in it. So while it's up, there you soften. Without engaging any process. Not looking at the hardness, not looking at the story around it. Engaging no mind. As soon as you see it, while you're in it, you soften. That disengages it. It's only what engaged the hardness and gave it form that is able to disengage it. I think the hardness comes when I feel like I have to resolve something. 
or set something right. Based on a belief, a core belief, such as the belief that you need to represent yourself. The belief that you need to be heard. The belief that your voice is important. So when something feels not quite right on the outside, then what? Stop. Instead of engage. What feels not quite right on the outside, you feel that in yourself. It's the way that yourself is structured that gives that feeling a different self, put together differently, won't feel the same. Yourself doesn't know better than you. You know better than yourself. When you feel something in yourself that isn't quite right, instead of engaging that without a deeper listening, stop. Engage a deep listening within. You're not listening to yourself. Yourself already has your attention. Listen to you. What do you actually know from what is deeper than yourself concerning what you feel in yourself. It isn't a mental process. When you stop, you know instead of think. When you know, then think. It makes your thinking clear instead of habituated. Think because you know, instead of thinking because you feel, or thinking by presets. Thinking out of a mindset. That's unconscious thinking. So, there's nothing that needs to let go or die. It's more to soften. Yes? The result of softening is that a holding form disintegrates, which gives you the feeling of a let go, that you are in yourself letting go. Is there any point that the self drops off completely and the being fully comes forward, takes over? Or is it always a dance between the two? 
Or is it that you're in your being, but sometimes the self is more active? The self lets go completely when you, awareness, open and soften completely. If it's less than that, then it's a dance back and forth until you're clear. Clear not to experience, but clear to knowledge. Awareness clear to what it knows. Oneness. The dance back and forth engages a process. A process works slowly. Without a process, no process also works instantly. Where it is instant, that is also completely disempowering your sense of self, to your sense of being individual and independent, and sameness within your being, you in your being is empowered. Does the self have to work certain things out inside itself before it drops off completely? No. You don't need therapy for yourself to open and heal, to come into balance. You don't need to sort yourself out. You don't need to understand yourself. You don't need to know yourself. You need to know you. Seated in you as you. Then you can begin to know yourself. There the knowing yourself doesn't engage a process. Knowing yourself brings what you really are consciously into yourself. It isn't a work or a sorting out. You're not doing something to yourself. Every step that you make consciously, being what you really are into yourself, heals and changes yourself without a process. I have the experience that when I'm very deep in my being, that sometimes if there's something disturbing in the self, if it's a light disturbance, then it will dissolve. If it's a heavy disturbance, it sits and it stays 
until I consciously go into it to see what learning I have in it, until I process it energetically and in terms of the learning, the insights Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to gain. That's you letting go in yourself conditionally. You let that go when you understand it, when you've worked it through, and it's all in your control, it's all settled, you let it go. When something very light affects yourself, and as you say, you're in your being, it dissolves on its own. When something stronger affects yourself, in your experience it doesn't dissolve on your own. So you go up into that experience and you work on it. Instead of going up into it, settle more deeply into your being. And it will dissolve on its own. At first it doesn't dissolve on its own because you don't have the requisite depth of presence in your being to be able to address that complexity in yourself. I've observed a lot of people on the path through many years and many spiritual people are able to access this being and this pure nature. And even when they sit in it, when they haven't met the self, maybe they kind of use their being as a way to escape the issues in the self. They kind of live in a dichotomous place. I don't know how to understand that dichotomy. You don't need to. Anything that affects yourself, instead of addressing yourself, or what affects it. Use your real and first resource. What you really are. That sends your roots more deeply into your being. When something addresses yourself, respond from more deeply within, not initially to the effect, but to the deep in you. When something affects yourself, what has you? What takes you? Is it your being or your affected self? your affected self, you engage a process. If it's what you really are and your being, you are instantly that by virtue of being it. That greater depth of being aware in what you really are taken by that, catalyzed by something affecting yourself.
instantly what you are being in yourself is deeper than what you've known before, which answers yourself, bringing about an instant change to something in yourself. Transformation of yourself without a process. When you engage yourself because something affects it, the underlying belief is that yourself is powerful. If there's a problem, use that power, which only engages an unintegrated power in yourself. Yourself isn't your real power. You are. What you really are, deeper within than yourself, is your real power. When something affects yourself, be your real power. If something strongly affects yourself, even more deeply than before, be your real power. When I'm in my being very deep, things feel okay. Not much feels wrong or needs to get set right on the outside. Not much? <laughs> Maybe nothing. I think I just don't want to become complacent or passive because deep in my being, everything feels very beautiful. And even when you can see a lot of very difficult things in the world, I'm less apt to act or to respond or to participate when I'm very well in my being. The more you are in your being, the more deeply you are in your being, the more apt you are to move in yourself the more apt you are to action. A small child, still in its innocence, doesn't need to be told to do and move and play. The depth of being that's there most moves and does and plays. the real impetus to do in oneself doesn't come from the self. It comes from you, a being in yourself. The real impetus to do authentic doing originates in being. Where there's any kind of separation, the impetus to do is conditioned.
emotionally, mentally, and physically. Where that separation is, the impetus to do is no longer from being. The impetus to do is in a closed loop within the self. As that loop cycles, the self develops and grows further as a form of separation. Is there a state of being that is just being and maybe no mind that actually doesn't know how to engage with the world and maybe then just ignores it? A state of being? No. A state of mind? Yes. I've seen some people that are very deep in being, like in the source, and they're quite dysfunctional in their lives. So I don't know how to bridge that gap. Are you a credible observer? I dated one. So having known this one example very intimately, I could see they were very, very deep in their pure nature, very, very deep in their being. And yet there was a lot of issues that remained. Your observation from your mind is incredible because you don't have the depth of seeing to understand fully what you're observing. In that way you rely on what appears to be to your mind. And you draw a conclusion based on what you think, based on what information is present in your mind, which is lacking. The conclusion you draw will also be lacking false conclusion. But as soon as you conclude based only on the information that you have in your mind, you secure yourself to a limited seeing. And then you'll, once you've drawn that conclusion, you'll keep seeing the same way. Your seeing will continue to be limited by that past conclusion. The conclusion holds. Is there such a thing as a self that uses being for its own end? That it's somehow able to sit very deep in being but complete its purpose? Yes. How can one attune oneself to see that when it's happening? Honestly, there's no other way. Being honest to the quietude of knowing within 
despite what you experience in yourself and despite what moves in your mind, then knowing informs your mind instead of your past. If it's your past, you'll repeat and re-secure your beliefs. Any conclusion drawn that you don't actually know the truth of creates a belief. Such as the core belief, the core to yourself, you are your mind. The greater the pressure then, the more you will use your mind. The core belief secures that. Its form you've created. The pressure first registers in and activates. Without that belief, under pressure, what is engaged is what you really are. In your book, you spoke about being in the weakness of the heart. For me, would that be a good way to get to the bottom of honesty? You being at home in weakness, any kind of weakness, emotional weakness, weakness in your will, weakness in your thinking, weakness in your intellect. Instead of compensating for weakness, which is what occurs when you're oriented to your strengths, when you are at home in your weaknesses, they come into balance. But it doesn't feel good. When you are at home in your weaknesses, that means you are free to be in the lack in yourself. You have no inherent aversion to lack. At home in your weaknesses, you are relaxed awareness in all of the lack in yourself. There's nothing there that rushes to address the lack. Your movement in yourself doesn't compensate for the lack that's there. Didn't get that last piece. When you're not at home in your weaknesses, you will compensate for the weaknesses as soon as you feel them. When weakness is addressed, which is an experience of lack, you'll use your strength to compensate for your lack, which covers up the weakness, and it makes much of the strength that you're using. 
in that way, you are fooling yourself. So will being in my weakness somehow lead to true strength, the true empowerment? What's empowered when you are at home in your weaknesses is the power of what you really are, the power of beingness. The first result of that is genuine okayness in the midst of what doesn't feel okay. That means that you are centered in your being in the midst of an activated self. True empowerment from the inside out. Real empowerment is where you, what you really are, has your mind, your thinking, your intellect, instead of your past use of mind, having your mind, your thinking. What do I do when I feel my being doesn't inform me what to do, and yet some doing is required? Then do what you honestly think. It's clear to you that you don't actually know what to do. Do what you honestly think and hold your doing very lightly. You mean, don't take it so seriously? Yes. But what if there are serious implications to what I choose? It doesn't have the seriousness that you think and feel. What's truly serious is any presence of you in yourself that is separate from what you really are. That is of serious consequence. It makes you blind. And when you honestly don't know what to do, should you just not do and then let the consequences come? You have no sense of what to do. You could. And then also hold that very lightly and draw no conclusions by it. Or do what you honestly think, knowing that you are not informed. And also draw no conclusions by that. You mean if there's a negative outcome to not judge it? Yes. If you don't have real knowledge, you're not able to judge. You're not able to truly judge. So then don't judge just because you can use your emotions and your intellect to form a judgment. In doing so, you fool yourself, you blind yourself. The judgment that you form, ill-informed or not, holds. Once made, when pressure comes to yourself, 
that form is immediately activated. It gives yourself a false impetus to move based on your having moved that way in the past. Once made, it never comes apart on its own. It comes apart by you being in it while it's activated and you're listening to what you really are instead of your experience and you remain in that listening while yourself is activated and that judgment comes apart. Subconscious mechanism that you created through a conclusion drawn comes apart. Can the whole subconscious be deconstructed just by being in your being? Yes. Yeah. Being what you really are consciously within your conscious self is what relaxes the floor between your conscious self and your subconscious self. Allowing your conscious self start to seep into your subconsciousness, which doesn't feel good. It's like falling into the dark and having no sense of direction or control in it. And your subconsciousness also seeps up into your experience, which brings chaos into your experience. As you Continue to remain being what you really are in the midst of that. That cross flow. Conscious into subconscious and subconscious into conscious continues. And it's in being what you really are that you come into balance in that. And it's reflected in your conscious self. Your subconsciousness doesn't clean in its own region. It cleans when it comes up into your conscious awareness. The first that becomes cleaned is the personal subconscious. As all of that is loosening up into your experience, being cleaned, you'll also start to come into the collective subconscious. It's from your ancestors. It is what you haven't developed personally or added personally to your subconscious self. It's your inheritance. It's together with everyone else's. That's even more destabilizing when that comes up into your experience than your personal subconscious. Your personal subconscious you can easily relate to. It feels as yours. You put it there when you relax in yourself being what you really are, it comes back up 
instead of you holding it separate from your experience. When it comes back up, you recognize it. You recognize what you have hidden away. The personal subconscious is all of your shadows. What you don't want to see or have come into in the light. As that becomes cleaned out in your experience, that which is not to do with your shadows, but a, a pervasive influence of self that isn't yours. It's from your ancestors and it's connected into everyone. That comes up into your experience. Then what to do? Remain being what you really are, which is what allowed it to come up in the first place. Being what you really are in the midst of that is what cleans it and brings subconscious forms consciously into balance. It's a changing of your form. Is there a place for healing or processing in your teaching? Or just be in the being and let that purify? There's a place for process. It's permissible for a time. It's considerate of the openness that is there in you. Not minding the part that's closed. That engages a process. But it's the openness within the process that works, not the process itself. As soon as you start to realize the openness in the process, you can let the process fall off. Honesty, core honesty within any process will soon be without a process. And what if you're feeling a pain that won't go away even though you're very deep in your being? If it's mental or emotional pain, you're not all that deeply in your being. Separation of awareness, any little bit of it on the level of your emotions, your mind causes pain. That's good. It helps you. It tells you something's not working. If you're self-oriented, that alarm will send you into your mind. It'll send you right into what's not working. If you're oriented as awareness to what you really are, that alarm sends you within. Correct?
the imbalance. The more you are in what you really are, in your being, in the midst of your life, the more you will cleanly do. Cleanly do? The more you will do. Cleanly. Clean means free of separation. If you are given, taken, and gone into your being, way, way, way gone, that won't make you a vegetable in your life. Being what you really are in yourself, in your life, is the greatest infusion of energy in yourself. It produces light in yourself. It makes you, in yourself, love doing. And if you have to do something very difficult, or what would be perceived as very difficult to the self, you'll still love it if you're in your being? Not emotionally love, but love flows, moves, filling your doing, filling your seeing, your mind, your feeling. So if you're truly living from the depth of your being, is there no pain? Or your pain is just being diminished and held by love? You won't have mental or emotional pain. You can have physical pain. When you speak about being in your being, are you also pointing to being in your heart and being in your awareness? Is it just a term to cover everything in your nature? You're speaking about them separately. Hmm. You can be in your awareness and separate. Yes. When you're separate, when you are being separate, it's awareness being separate. Awareness being separate is aware. But that awareness isn't inclusive of everything that it knows. It is separated from some of it. So it's still aware, but less aware. How is the heart connected? In separation, it might not be connected. When awareness separate from the heart relaxes on its own, it returns to the heart. So instead of 
aware out of the heart. It is aware within the heart. If you are in your being, you are coming from deeper within than yourself and your heart. When you are in your heart, opened and softened, you are present within the opened door to your being. When I was in the chair a few years ago, you told me first to go through my heart and then to rest into being in awareness. I'm not sure if I heard you incorrectly, but would that still be now or? When you open and soften in your heart, you, awareness, are letting the door in your heart to your being open. As awareness, where you are being separate, you can't just fly into your being. You enter your being by being the same beingness as your being. That registers when you are separate as awareness. That change registers in your heart. It's an opening and a softening in your heart. Whatever depth of opening and softening in your heart gives you depth, access to your being. So for me, it still holds true to work through the, to go through the heart, to rest in my being then. And that will also help me to soften. That is you softening. Don't work through your heart into your being. As soon as it's a work, you're using facility that you have in yourself for you to be in your heart. And the two are not the same. The way to be in your heart is like being in your heart. That doesn't engage the powers of yourself to help you be in your heart. As soon as you like being in your heart, you're there. You have opened and softened without trying to. Feels like I'm about to split open. That's because we are meeting and being together without your process. Can you just melt me? This instantly makes you a different person. Freed of all you were asking about. Answered in more than 
you were asking? I feel like a real heart. I'm open now. You're also back to where you left off when you were little. Returned to your innocence. The same innocence that you were when you were little, but here in yourself now. I trust myself again, my being. I became suspicious over the years. It wasn't real. And it didn't help you. You became blinded with suspicion. That's fine. Now you see. <laughs> 